Hi friends, welcome to the coffee celebration. I'm your host, Wendy Steinberg. And today we have a phenomenal author with us, um, Pep Pepper Winters, who has written When a Moth Loved a Bee. But this is the first book, my friends. Um, Pepper Winters currently has close to 40 books released in nine languages. She's a hit bestseller list on USA Today, New York Times, and the Wall Street Journal almost 40 times. She dabbles in multiple genres, ranging from dark romance to coming of age. And I am thrilled that you are here. Oh my gosh. Do you see that? Do you see everything? It's amazing. Oh I, my goodness. It's very I, well tapped. Oh my gosh. So have you always wanted to be a writer? Yes. Yes. Right from my very, very first memory. Yeah. No, I was always making up stories when I was little and living in my imagination. So, yep. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, oh, my goodness. So when you're tackling a book like this, because friends, you can't see, but it's over 800 pages. And there is a part that you kind of, um, at the beginning, you say that the, the world you're about to enter is a vast and full of complexities. It's a work of fiction and is based solely on the imagination of the author. Inspiration has been gathered from fantastical worlds, elements, and the firm belief that we're all magical, mortal, or otherwise. Because in the middle of this book, I had to go back and, like, I'm thinking this is real, but this all just came from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you? Okay. So it's an 800 plus page book. Did you have to map that out first or did you just go like write as you go? I know different authors have different styles, but this they is, do, yeah. um, this is like, what did you do to prepare for this book? Um, I've, I've always read fantasy. That's kind of like my go-to read genre. Um, and I've always had that kind of story in the back of my mind. So it's very, very complex. So everything that you think you know from the first book um, might not necessarily be what you'll know by the end of the second book. Um, so it, it is quite taxing holding not just the world in your head, but every single element that goes in that world. So you're not just writing about characters or the romance, or the drama that goes on. You, you're literally having to write it in a way that behaves in the rules of the world that I've created. So it, it does get a bit of a mind twister at times. Um, I do have it plotted out. Like I, I have all the books, um, you know, I know how they begin, the, the begin, the middle, and the end, and a lot of key things that need to happen. Um, but the way I write is I'm kind of a blend between a plotter and a panster. So I, I know where I'm going with the story, but I'm very open to the characters telling me that, hey, that that's no longer where we're going to go. So that happened quite a few times in the book. So yeah. I'm writing and thinking I'm, I'm going in one direction and all of a sudden something very small will happen, but that changes the entire, entire thing. So, so yeah, I just go with the flow. I'm not really creating it. I'm just writing it and it's coming to me, if you know what I mean. So, Okay, that's a tremendous gift because um, I... I don't know many people who write like you do. I have oh, that. Um, this was amazing. So I'm sorry if I'm going to read from your book because I love it. Oh, I mean, thank you. Okay. Oh, the way that you, because the way that you weave words with this book, I'm immediately transported into the book. 
And oh, that's brilliant. That's lovely to hear. Brilliant. You are brilliant. Oh, oh my goodness. And when the girl who, okay, so at the beginning, she doesn't have a name. She can't remember anything. He doesn't yeah. have a name. He can't remember anything. And they're referred to as girl and stranger. Um, and they're both emaciated. They're both not clothed. And you kind of get a very authentic feel of their vulnerability. And oh, that's good. <laughs> it is. It is because I'm like, I'm girl team all the way. Okay. I love okay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, oh my gosh. Like, I read this part. It said, um, I walked until my feet bled and bones threatened to snap. I walked beneath the blistering sun and bruising rain. I tried to find shelter in the dens of beasts, only to be chased away by howl and fang. Even the kinder animals avoided me, scurrying away as I tripped through their territory. Oh my gosh. I had made notes in this book. It is phenomenal. So oh, thank you. You created the character of Girl and Stranger, who are their later known as, as they try and mm -hmm. identify each other. And did you make Stranger just so frustrating? <laughs> <laughs> my, inner feminist, my inner feminist, every time he wanted to take girl before she's named, he doesn't, he doesn't know, no, you know, and he's, he's like fighting against all of the elements and, and what is yeah. really supposed to be. And, you know, towards the end of the book, it kind of circles to a nicer, he becomes a little nicer and understands his past. But in the beginning, was that intentional? Definitely, yes. No, obviously every character's got to have an arc. Uh, and this book one is a very primal world. So like you say, they have no belongings, they have no memories. And that is for a reason. Uh, as you continue with the series, um, they are just like the elements keep telling them, you're so much more than what you fear. And they are literally so much more than what's been revealed. So they've literally started off um, at, at day zero, if you know what I mean. So right. all those primal urges are the first to come out so the urge to have someone as theirs to have shelter and food those are literally the only things that they're focusing on at this point um and then obviously as more things come to light um you'll under it will make a lot of sense at the moment i'm sure the first book doesn't really make a lot of sense with regards to what the motivations are where the story is going and that is you know deliberately done um because the world is very vast like i said and there's so much that's got to happen in the next book that will kind of be like ah this is why and then all the pennies will drop and you're like ah oh, it makes so much sense at least i hope <laughs> let's let's just let's hope that happens <laughs> it happened absolutely so okay so girl is found by and if i pronounce this wrong let me know the nail people okay and they are kind and gracious and like heal her back to health. Um, but she still doesn't know her name. She still doesn't have any memories, but she's taken in and welcomed just like anyone else. And Definitely. I love that generosity of those people. And actually when the stranger keeps trying to take her away from them, I was getting a little mad. I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, why are you doing that? She wants to be with the yeah. new people. Um, and she actually has a fire trance with their fire master to find out more about who she is. So she goes 
through this fire and she finds out her name, Runa, which means bee, right? Because then after she gets out of the fire trance, she has bees around her, right? And it's like, obviously, then I'm like, okay, when a moth loved a bee, Wendy, get with it. Um, but she just became her name because it also means life or a life giver, right? And she is everything that that name is. Um, and in the book, you have obviously um, water, air, fire, and earth. And yep. she's able to breathe life into all four elements. Was Correct, that yeah. initially, was that the power? Because I only thought it was the fire, but it yeah, kind yeah. of, it blew. So everything is intentional of her being to. Everything, yeah. And like I say, what you think you know of her is it's literally you think, oh, she's really powerful being able to control, not control, but be part of the four elements. That's mm-hmm. nothing to what she is. She truly is. Um, so, again, I, it, it's kind of a slow journey because she's got to learn and and remember as well. So um, both her and Darrow, who's the stranger, obviously, I'm not spoiling it, Um he is the antithesis of her. So yeah. everything that he thinks he knows about himself is just scratching the surface. So um, so it's going to be really exciting to sort of be able to say, look, you know, this is what they truly are, which I couldn't do yet because you can't just go from an amnesic naked person mm-hmm. to being yeah. this over here, you know? So, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So with, from what you said, so she has a sunburst mark on her right thigh. And he has a half moon. And whenever they get close, they tingle or they bleed. What does that mean? Does that just mean they're part of each other? Or why is it a painful reaction? Um, Obviously, it's not really a spoiler because in the book it is said it is a warning. Um, Again, it will make a lot of sense why it's a warning and what is warning them. Um, but yes, it is definitely something saying, oi, you're not supposed to be this close to one another, literally because they are life and death. And, you know, they are one half of a whole and that is the balance of what they are. Uh, they can't exist without each other, but they can't exist together. So. I know, I know that's so, because he does actually, he becomes, he realizes that throughout the book and he's not so intense in trying to take her back to his cave because he was yeah. raised by wolves and yeah when he first awoke with nothing no memories yet yeah. and so he's naked dirty running with the wolves he sees her he, he his whole mindset is i am home with her i want to take her and he just flips her over his shoulder you yeah. know and, and wants to like take her back to his cave I'm pretty sure any woman would be like no no cave right now oh my god (laughs) um and then he continually wanted her to be with him because of like you wrote it's home it's familiar but it was it's not till later in the book when he realizes the power of his um you know death power because deep in a couple parts of the book he died a couple times didn't he it's or... hinted at yes yes okay. so yeah to this dark place with orbs lighting lighting orbs all around 
And it gets to a point where he actually like feels things he kills. And ah, mm-hmm. oh, that's a part of what Runa does too. She doesn't eat sure. meat, right? And anytime an animal is killed or hurt, she feels their presence actually affect her. And there's so much detail to that. I don't think you could have, you know, washed over it anyway, because you have to read everything. And I love how you did one chapter on her, one chapter on him, going back and forth, getting their um, viewpoint. Yeah, definitely. So how long? You're mapping this out, and I know I'm all over the place because I'm so excited to meet you, and I love your book. I hope it's a net series. I really do. Oh, me too. (laughs) That'd be awesome. I mean, because it literally has all the trappings of that, Um, especially as I'm reading it. I'm like, I would watch this. This would be amazing. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So you're mapping out everything, and... When you said that sometimes the characters guide you somewhere else, what does that feel like and how do you listen to that voice? Yeah, um, I think I've always been like right through my career, like with dark romance and contemporary romance and, and, and you know, it doesn't just come from fantasy. I literally let the characters kind of guide me and sometimes I've been writing an entire book and it will get to about 60, 70,000 words and it will go in a direction that I'm not prepared for and sometimes I'm like yes this is awesome let's keep going and sometimes I I shut it down and I I don't want to keep writing it so um with this one um I I think I've always known what they are like I know what he is ultimately I know what she is ultimately so that really um is in the back of my mind when I'm writing every scene because my job as a writer if I do it right is not just to show you a story but to leave little clues that you Mm -hmm. might not even realize you're picking up until the reveal comes you're like ah, oh, of course um so I have already told multiple times what they truly are but in such a vague way that if you don't know where I'm going with it it's probably not that obvious um but having that over arc allows me to um follow where they go but always kind of bring them back to the path because I know ultimately where they'll end up if that makes sense but they've got lots of freedom to play around with different scenes and you know, how they react to different people and, and things like that. So, Okay, so when Runa actually goes, um, she has the fire trance with Solid, right? Yes. And somehow she gets separated from him and mm-hmm. ends near Dara. And yes. for three days, she lives in his cave with the other wolves and until um, Troll, the chief of the Neil tribe, comes to get her because Solon has been unresponsive for three days. Correct. So she goes back to his lupic. And where did you find, okay, that's another question. Okay, that's because <laughs> I have so much. Okay, so she goes <laughs> back to his lupic and she has to wake him up. And she ends up doing that and he, he gets, gives her the marking of the next fire master and she a bee on one hand and bison on the other. Um, but she is not prepared to be um, mated, so to speak, with mm-hmm. uh, Actor. Is that mm-hmm. how you say his name? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he wasn't very kind to her in the beginning. And no, no uh, love loss there. She's just like, no. I can't believe I'm <laughs> like this. It was huge. Yeah. yeah. And so, 
can you just like in the next does, do they go on in the next book or um yeah I mean a lot of people um some people understand where Actor is coming from I mean yes he went about it in completely the wrong way but his yeah. heart is in the right place he's literally just wanting to protect everyone and he's like well what makes you so special and you're putting a threat on my entire family okay. so yeah. yeah so um in my mind I actually don't mind Actor um I I have respect for him I think he needs to mature and grow up and be a bit nicer but um Aruna can also see a little bit of goodness in him as well, uh, even though she doesn't want to. Um, so, yes, he will factor in the next book, but uh, not in a way that you'll expect. <laughs> Again, it's so hard not to give away things. Um, but he does turn out to be, you know, a good guy. So, Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> so there is so much symbolism in this book, or at least yes. I took it on that way um the languages that are um I guess there's so many different languages and Runa knows all of them mm -hmm. it's come to her in her head she has a secret lang language with Daro and she can talk to all four elements yeah. like how did you create that symbolism? Is there symbolism with everybody's name? Is there symbolism with how you call the elements? Um, because everyone's name is so unique. I mean, was there a lot of research into creating that symbolism? It, 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 honestly, I really, really appreciate how, how deep you've gone into the book because, you know, uh, as, an, as the author, that's all stuff I think about, but it's not necessarily what a reader will think about. And you've there is a fine line of writing too much detail in symbolism and not writing enough and getting caught up in the world building and not giving the story. Mm -hmm. um, the whole premise of this book is actually based on, um, uh, I'll go back a bit. So about four or five years ago, I suffered quite bad burnout. I was working all hours just like anyone, life got, yeah. you know, drained me completely. And I was in the rat race completely. I was unhealthy, you know, doing exactly what we've been taught to do, work and work and work and not put mm. any time into our mental or physical health. Uh, and when I physically reached burnout, uh, I had no choice but to sort of pay attention. So I turned to um, yoga and meditation and healthy eating and being outside and being in the elements and remembering how to be alive. Um, and then through that, that sort of started my personal journey with regards to breath work and cold water therapy. And I could go on and on and on and on, but I'm definitely um, awoken in that respect that there's just so much more to that life than just working and, you know, mm -hmm. being on social media. So, and then that's where this book came from. So all the symbolism, yes, the, the names are, uh, I've tweaked them, but a lot of them are from Hindi words, um, Sanskrit words words that do literally mean spiritual words um so a lot of those I like I said, I've twisted them to be my own but that's kind of like where the foundation comes from so and a lot of the powers and things uh that's all related to your chakras and all your energy centers and that's kind of why I say everyone is magical because we are like literally the more I tap into the currents in our body and all the rest we are we're capable of so much more and that's kind of the basis of this book so, so yeah, so that's the long-winded answer. And this is probably a bit in depth. I love it, I love it because I've written in this book because it's mine and I have all these little notes. So like, 
this is just kind of what you're saying too. Um, it's on page 358. The longer I encouraged the fire to consume me, the more powerful I felt. The more whole I felt. The fire seemed to seek out the hollow holes within me, filling them with its life-giving flames, soothing and erasing my pain with its friendly, frisky smoke. Like, yeah. isn't that amazing? You know, and that is yeah. just kind of a reflection of what you just said is like going outside you know, that vitamin D, getting into things healthy mentally and physically. And um, and the more that she discovers her powers, the more, um, you know, it, it's just shocking to her. You know, she's like, when she had her first moon cycle, she's mm-hmm. like, I just had all these trees and bushes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a, bit, a bit scary. <laughs> It is so scary that didn't happen with mine, but um, (laughs) so, and then as Daro's um, power is developing, he knows he has to stay away from her because she's like, he's death. And eventually they do come together and they completely don't listen to any of the elements, not fire, nothing. And I am just like, I was so shocked that they did that. And yeah. what is going to happen because she's supposed to die now? And oh my gosh, I got to invest. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, of course, like I like say they've ignored everything, um, which yeah. you know people that's what people do when they're in love. They're a bit silly. Um, but yeah, the next book obviously uh, will be the the consequences of that. So um, the balance has definitely been broken. So you can imagine where that's kind of going to go. So. <laughs> um, Oh my goodness. Um, when I was doing a little bit of research on you, you have different genres. Yes. So what was the first book, type of book that you wrote? Was it a fantasy like this? Funny enough, yes, it was. Like when I was first, so um, I was homeschooled in Hong Kong and like say uh, creative writing and, and writing in general has always been like a drug to me. Uh, so I'd, I'd write so many fantasies when I was little. Uh, but when I started being quite serious about it, um, I did write a fantasy and it was um, about a tree loving clan who, again, are very aware of their spirituality and their their connection with nature and uh, probably quite like Avatar, really, now that I think about it. I wrote that back in like 2000. Um, and then I wrote a couple of contemporary books. Um, so I wrote about five in general, just to kind of teach myself how to write basically and tell a story and then I was writing a contemporary book that um it was okay uh but then Q and Tess who was my breakout book Tears of Tess they literally barged into my head and and I had to write them and within six weeks that that book was on paper so um I've I've got a real affinity for dark romance as well which is different to fantasy but same in a similar way as in you're putting them into a situation that might not necessarily be real. It, it is real to some unfortunate people, but it really allows you to get into the nitty gritty of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I like. I like writing about the evolution of a human spirit rather than kind of um, dra- dragging in a lot of outside drama. It's like, no, you've, you know, you're on a journey yourself to, to find who you deserve to be with. So. All right. So we have the fancy, I mean, the f- fantasy, and then mm-hmm. contemporary, what would you consider contemporary? Well, for me, contemporary is dark romance, as in set in this world. So 
everyone knows what a coffee cup is everyone knows you know what a bus is uh whereas high fantasy to me is well what's that cup made of is it made of you know a carved piece of willow or is it you know animal skin so <laughs> uh different okay. rules different laws what makes can i ask i'm so sorry i don't know this what makes it dark but for me, I mean, what the market says is dark is anything with taboo elements, I guess, non-con, um, things that maybe aren't mainstream. Uh, okay. I mean, there's a lot of romance novels that will deal with, say, a rape off camera or the trauma of someone going through that um, okay. with someone who they're falling in love with. I think dark romance is maybe showing those circumstances. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not one, I wouldn't call myself a black dark romance. Like there's a lot of topics that I won't touch, just me personally don't want to go there. And even though I write darker stuff, at the core of it is still romance. I'm still writing it with the love story, just with a nitty grittier kind of storyline. So that's yeah. my abbreviation. <laughs> so um what when you're done with the book. Do you go straight into another book or do you take some time to, like you said, take care of myself? Yeah. And yeah. What do you do when you're. Um, sometimes I do. Um, when I wrote Fable of Happiness, uh, which was my last trilogy before doing this, that's, I'd say that's a gray romance. It's the dark elements, but it's the guy who actually has the trauma. Uh, and it's the girl who kind of heals him. Uh, I did take quite a few months off. Just, I just like to say, just to recharge. Um, because you can't write a good book if you're not charged up, you know, <laughs> and, and inspired. Um, and last year, it did take me a year to write this book because I did take my time. Um, like I said, I had quite a few rewrites because I know where I'm going with the book. But sometimes how I was trying to start it was tricky. So I actually started it. It was titled The Soul of Sand and Smoke to start with. Um, and that book that I've written that I had 200, uh, 150,000 words. I deleted that, but it's actually book three of their story. So I knew that I want, that's where they're going to end up, but I had to start further at the beginning. And that's why I'm saying that this world is very primal because I've literally gone back to day zero um, to then get to that. So oh my God. yeah, sometimes I take time off, whereas I've literally just finished the moth in his bee and I've actually just gone on to another book. Um, and I'm already 20,000 words into it just because I had no choice. It was a book that came to me and yes, I just, I, I couldn't not write. <laughs> oh my gosh. So does the moth really represent death? Is that, or is In it a lot of cultures it is. Um, a moth is a messenger between life and death. And they do say that a moth can take your messages to your departed ones. Um, so that was kind of where that came from, like Native American culture, um, even some Indian culture. Um, there's, there's quite an Aztec culture. A lot of them do kind of rever a moth uh, and the symbolism of the moth of what it can represent. So, so which I thought was really cool. <laughs> it is really cool. And it didn't hit me until I think Darrow died the second or third time or went to his black space. And then the yeah. moths came and uh, oh my gosh that's amazing yeah. I have lots of notes um <laughs> so I I know you're probably like do you have free time okay um okay what how many pages was this book initially because it's 800 
and 30, I think. And yeah, on, on Kindle, like, I, I, Kindle's funny. Like, on the EPUB, it's only 596 pages. And I think on the paperback, it's, what, 500 and something. But on Kindle, it's saying 830. Um, so <laughs> you're right. It's very weird. <laughs> Did So it wasn't like you wrote 1,000 pages and it had to be cut down. Um, it, uh, yes, I did really delete about 20% of the book. I didn't touch the story, but I touched, I just trimmed it up a bit, just made it flow a bit tighter and things, which I think it needed because um, there's a fine line, like I said, of telling a good story and really trying to um, make you feel that emotion and sometimes overwriting that emotion. Um, so, yeah, so I'm always evolving as a writer and I like to think that, you know, um, I'm not... I don't have an ego when it comes to my work. So if someone points out, hey, it's a bit slow or a bit repetitive, hey, I'll take that on board and I'll I'll improve it the best I can. So because I'm not here to write a book, I'm here to write a really good book if it's within my power. So, right. so how long does it take when you finish a book and you hand it over? How long does it take once they get back with feedback and get it published? Like what kind of process is that? For a yeah. yeah I mean I've probably had the exact same process for 10 years that's how long I've been publishing I've been writing for far longer but that was when I first released uh, and basically I write the book and as I'm writing the book um, I have probably four or five people who get it while I'm writing so they might get you know 10 chapters at a time um, and then they'll say yes I like this direction or no I don't like this direction or their feedback will allow me to sort of see where their headspace is at so I kind of know where, where I can push the boundaries and where I can't. And then once it's finished, I'll then send it to maybe another three or four people in its entirety while it's off with my editor. And then once my editing team comes back, I'll implement all those edits. I'll then read it on a Kindle. So I'll get it off my computer and put it on a Kindle um, and read it that way. And then once that's fine, I'll send it to my audio team and then once they've narrated it, I listen again, I read again as they're narrating it. So, and while I'm writing, I'll write probably the first 30, yeah, about a third nonstop. And then I'll stop and I'll go back to the beginning because I'll know the characters a little bit better by then. And I'll want to weave certain things that I want to have happen over here. Yeah. Uh, and then once I get to two thirds, I'll go back to the beginning again and then get to the end. So by the time I've finished writing it, I've probably read it about 12 times, 12 or 13 times. So right. you're definitely used to it. <laughs> so you said that this is going to be a trilogy? Um, I don't want to say how many books because okay. I have an idea. But right. Yeah. yeah. Oh definitely. Um, it's not a standalone. Uh, not at all. <laughs> I was so. hoping not because. It's kind of like when you finish a book and it's the next book isn't there. You know, you feel. Like, I know. <laughs> and you're like, is yeah. the next one coming? Why is it next one? Yeah. So how I really, I am in love with how you write. And I want to know how, how did you cultivate your writing? Because it, it's literally, it's amazing. I, I, I oh, mean, thank you. it's just. I, oh, I want to find something to read because I love it. Okay, I'm sorry. But, um, like, finally, when Darrow realizes it, um, she will die and you will be the cause. You will feel her spirit pass through you and go where you cannot follow. 
Like that is his catalyst for kind of remembering that he mm. re- really needs to leave her alone. Yeah. Um, and I love how you let the elements speak to them so that they're mm-hmm. able to understand exactly why they need to be apart. But I really want to know how you created your style of writing because it is it is detailed and it's like meaningful and it's rich. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. So how did oh, you well, do that's that? Well, that's very lovely. I'm, I'm very, very honored. And I'm so glad you like it. I can't so. believe. I'm so grateful to Kelly for connecting us because I'm like, oh, I have a new author now. I'm going to go spend oh, all much money on Amazon. Oh, <laughs> so tell me, like, how did you? Uh, yeah, I wish I wish I could sort of say, like, um, funny enough, I actually dropped out at school when I was 15 because I, like I said, I was homeschooled in Hong Kong and um, I kind of did all the education. By the time I was 13, I'd already kind of done everything so when I moved to New Zealand and I went to the school system here, I'd already learned it and I became a bit of a rebel and I never really went because I was bored to tears. Um, and then I dropped out at 15 to go and be an air hostess. And I clearly remember my English teacher saying, you won't amount to anything, you're a waste of space. Um, so I guess maybe that's kind of pushed me to say, look, you know, if I want to make a career out of this, you know, you've got to be able to write. So so I suppose just working on the craft and I love, love words. Like I, I definitely say I'm a wordsmith. Like I've got a notebook, whereas if someone says a word, even if a simple word, sometimes it will just um, not trigger is not the right word, but I'll, I'll definitely feel something for that word. And I'm like, right, I'm going to keep that and use it in something. And, and then that normally kind of creates another kind of word. And then the sentence kind of just comes as, as one. So, so I'm very lucky that, you know, I just get to follow the feeling, I suppose, if that makes right. sense. Why would a teacher even say that? I would like. Yeah, he, 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 I even remember his name. His name was Wolfgang Jusks, and he was he was horrible to me. <laughs> and where is he now? And where are you now? Let's talk. Oh, no. about <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh my god, he's probably happily retired by now. <laughs> you know what? Teachers really don't know what they're saying when they have that effect on someone. They've I've got too. a lot of power. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I was 10 and I wanted to be a writer and I carried this notebook with me and I went outside and I was just carrying it with me. And my next door neighbor, his name was Ed, and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to be an author. I'm going to write a book. So I'm starting in this notebook. And he's like, do you know how hard it is to be a writer? Do you know how hard it is to be published? It was like all this negativity kind of being absorbed by this own man's fear it wasn't mine but how did I know Correct. that right yeah. and so I always remember that because I'm like yeah it could be hard yeah I don't know if I can do it yeah. uh, I totally you- agree yeah, yeah. And, and that's and that's another reason why I wanted to write this book because um you're totally right that like the negativity of this world if you're not strong enough to be able to say I'm centered in myself enough that your opinion doesn't it's not going to sway me Right. There are so many instances where good meaning people can literally curtail people's dreams with just one sentence. Mm-hmm. And that's just heartbreaking because you just don't know, A, what you're capable of because you let their negativity and their fear become yes. yours. Yes. And B, you know, you're robbing the world of some creation that could have been, you know, your life's work. Um, so, so yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. It's, people have got to be quite wary of what they say to one another. Um, kindness goes way 
and belief in them, even if it just seems completely far out. Hey, who knows what they can do? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You should do workshops in all your free time. All right. Yeah. All <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right. Um, so they can't be together, mm -hmm. and, but they are, and they're going to face the consequences. Um, but do, like, I don't know, like, I'm actually scared for them, you know, like, yeah. I don't want everyone to be killed and the world to fall apart, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> the path that kind of goes in a direction I'm going to be really happy with. Like, as you know, you never know what's going to happen. And you never know. Um, never I think the next book is going to be the hardest one to read. Um, just purely, like you say, you, you've pretty much nailed where it's kind of got to go before it can get to the other side. Um, yeah. And there's reasons for that, of course. Um, but yes, I think at the end of the second book, it will make a lot more sense. And Darrow, I mean, I, I just absolutely love him. Even when he was being an egotistical caveman who... Literally was overcome with just primal reckoning. Um, he is he is probably the kindest, most supportive and loving character I've ever written. Um, and the things he will do for Runa, oh, geez, yeah. It, I, yeah, it gives me tingles just thinking about it, let alone write, getting to write it. So Okay, I'm looking forward to that because I was really like taken aback with him. And I'm like, oh, my inner feminist is not liking this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no. But then, you know towards the end of the book he is understanding and he realizes he could hurt her and here yeah. she has this like love binding with actor and so when he can't kill actor because then he'll kill her and he had to kind of distance himself from that so i will look yeah. forward to his transformation oh good okay good <laughs> I <am> like, oh. <laughs> um oh he'll redeem himself i promise <laughs> what'd you say He'll redeem himself, I promise. I hope so. I hope so. Um, and so she is the next fire master, right? She mm -hmm. goes through this whole ceremony. But when she harnesses all the different elements, it's not on a small scale. Like she no, it's not. this beautiful white light. She yeah. can make things grow. I mm -hmm. mean, in the water, everything is light blue and glowing and um, because she's in the water. Um, did, was she designed to have that much power? Or was yeah. that? And, okay. Yeah. And it is a really fine line. I know a lot of fantasy readers hate it when characters are overpowered. Uh, and I get it. Because if you have an overpowered character, what can kill them? And like, say, uh, I'm drawing a blank, but say like Darth Vader in Star Wars, he is technically overpowered. So you think, well, no one's going to be able to kill him. And then all of a sudden someone can uh, with, you know, quite a simple thing. So I, I'm of the same. I don't like overpowered characters because they do seem invincible and then they always are. Um, whereas Dara and Runa, they are overpowered to the max. I know that. <laughs> I'm leading you there slowly. Um, but there again, there is a really good reason why. Um, and it's not their power per se that that's the story. Um, it's why they forgot that power in the first place and what that power ultimately means. Um, it will make so much sense. I can't really say much without spoiling it, but yeah, it's not about the power, if that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Is that why you had them at the beginning of the book have no memory? Correct. Okay, so, but 
as they get to know each other, memories pop up that they've been together before. Mm-hmm. So, and then they find out their powers and it is intense, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it's not over the top, right? It's not over. Not yet. No, no. Oh. And it won't be because like I say, it's not, they're not fighting an exterior force at this point. They're fighting their own forces. Um, and yeah so their powerfulness doesn't really equate because there's no one to pit that power against if you know what I mean um Mm -hmm. it's it's all internal warfare at this point so so yeah it's very complicated to sort of talk about without giving it away (laughs) no no don't give it away but you're absolutely right it is so internal because when Mm. she goes through the fire you know it's it is she everything She's doubting herself. She wants answers. The fire changed its mind. And all they'll give her is her name. And oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. it's internal. And he's internal. And I can't yeah. wait for the next book. Is that coming? When is it coming? It is. Yeah, coming. I don't have a date yet because, like I say, the first one took me so long to write because I've got to get it right. Um, so I'm just, I am mean, writing a standalone at the moment, basically to kind of, uh, like I was saying before, creating this world, it is. A, it's not a headache, but it makes your brain work because you're literally having to control oh, the world as well as absolutely. the characters. It's not just characters. Yeah. So I kind of just needed a bit of a, a cleanse. So I'm writing a contemporary standalone at the moment, um, which I'm absolutely loving. And then once that's that's out of my head, then I'll go back and, you know, give it the, my full attention. So um, I think the clues I've put in there is just like when all the elements are saying um, we are us and you are we. That's the massive clue right there. Um, it won't make a lot of sense at the moment, but it will make you're like, oh, of course. And the sun and the moon, those are also two very, very big clues. So, um, <laughs> so do you mean that they're, um, their mark on their thigh, right? That's the sun and the moon, correct? Yes, yes. Gonna- so, that's that, that's also like a massive. Yeah, and and every time she convenes with the fire, that's that's another massive clue. And that white light that she stepped into, yes. uh, that's that's a massive clue. <laughs> okay, and I have to go back and read it again. Um, because <laughs> I want to pick up that. Have you? Okay, so I want to first of all thank you for allowing me to speak to you because I oh, read this book me. and I'm like. She must be a member of Mensa because this book is so wickedly right and beautiful and written and I love it. And I'm so glad I got to read this. Have you read any reviews about this book? Because I'll share one because it's amazing. It says, this book is extraordinary. An all-encompassing saga, rich with detail, rich with emotion, and full of the kind of love that is truly written in the stars. Oh my God, I have this stepping out of her usual what pepper winters has created is surely one of her best yet as she gives her all and then some as someone who is not a typical fan fantasy reader i was immediately swept up me too in this exquisite story showing the power of winter's prose once more i couldn't look away as we are we're introduced to um the stranger and the girl two souls both seemingly lost, but find with time each other that they were that they were and still are each other's uh, each other's destiny. Oh, that's lovely. You have a thing out there. 
Oh my oh, goodness. Hey. <laughs> I read that. Nice. And really all the accolades are definitely deserving because oh, this book is phenomenal. And I would love to follow up with you once we get to the second book because definitely because your brain, I mean, the fact that you mapped this out, I want to pick your brain again. I didn't get to all of my little tags here in my book, but okay. yeah. Um, and I'm just so grateful that, that you were so generous. Oh, me too. No, I'm very, very grateful. And I'm just grateful that um, you literally, um, I didn't know if I was able to get across the message I was trying to get across. And uh, and you've, you've definitely absorbed everything. So that's, oh that's just brilliant to know yeah. that it, it's come across. And, and uh, I'm, again, I'm not someone who thinks, oh, everyone should read my book and everyone will love it. It's not going to be for everyone. Um, mm -hmm. It's for the hardcore um, old school fantasy readers who like, I don't know if you've read Clan of the Cave Bear by Jenna and Gina Marul or the Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind. Those those sagas go on, you know, they take you on a literal journey. It's not just a book at that point. And that's what I'm trying to create. So it's not going to be a quick book. Uh, I know the size turn, no. turned off a lot of people uh, and I'm prepared for that. And I expected that. But I wrote this book not for money or accolades or lists. I wrote it for me uh, because it was the, the accumulation of all the things that I learned that I'm capable of through taking a step back from the rat race, realizing yeah. there's yeah. so much more to life and hopefully trying to transmit that to people who are ready to see that mm -hmm. kind of, you know, wake up a little bit. So I love it. I'm going to have to yeah. find a hobby until the next book comes out. I have <laughs> let down. I really, really do. Pepper, thank you so much. And oh, thank you. That was lovely. In New Zealand or Australia? In New Zealand currently. New yeah. Zealand. yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm going to live vicariously through you. I don't go anywhere. This is phenomenal. So thank yeah, we, you. We've um, got a lovely summer, lovely summer here. I'm actually in a short t-shirt, which is unheard of. I know, but I'm like, okay. I don't know what the Southern <laughs> Hemisphere is doing right now, but yeah, um, yeah. I'm just really, just really, really grateful that you came on and introduced me to your writing and this phenomenal oh, book. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, so that's much. lovely. That's so nice of you. Thank you so much. And we'll be in touch for the next one, right? Because the Definitely. second book, because I have to read that. Okay. No pressure. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a good night. Bye.